you know, play and fun connects you. So, you know, if you are with your your kids and your grandkids sitting around the Christmas table and you go, let's look back at the year, nobody's going to say it was a long Zoom meeting or, you know, some kind of tense conversation. They're going to talk about the fun that they had together, even with family. Welcome to Legacy Grandparenting, the podcast of the Legacy Coalition. I'm Wayne Rice, Conference Director for the Legacy Coalition, and I am joined by my co-host, John Colomb, who is the Director of Spiritual Development for the Legacy Coalition. Our special guest today is Dr. Jim Burns, and we'll be talking with Jim in just a moment. But first, John, any uh, words of wisdom? You usually <laughs> share some something uh, as Director of Spiritual Development, you oh. usually have something that uh a nugget that we can... well I, I remember my first one because you caught me off guard was remember wherever you go there you are and that <laughs> that was just so deep but you know i was thinking back when uh i had a group of guys meeting with jay kessler for half a day just to probe his mind and his experience and his his wisdom and he told this story of being down in brazil with billy graham in fact, he said we were on a rooftop in the sun, and Billy Graham said, Jay, I have 23 grandchildren, and they don't know who I am apart from what they read about me in the papers. You're meeting with one of my grandsons regularly. Can you help me? Will you pray for me? And I just thought, oh, my, you know, in all of our ministry and all of our service and all the good things that we're doing, it's It'd be real easy to uh, neglect the highest priority that God has given to us, especially at this season of our life and with a do-over and all. But that was a, a very uh, poignant question and statement and I think some wisdom for all of us. That happens uh, more frequently than we realize. You know, people who have been in ministry for years look back and go, oops. I ministered to a lot of lot of other people's kids, but uh, somewhere along the line, yeah. I I didn't have time for my own. So, what's the big takeaway from that, John? Ah, uh, stay focused and and stay intentional. <laughs> uh, as Tim Kimmel says, you know, be extreme in your grandparenting, which means you're going to have to make some decisions that are focused on what's the most important, the most important people in your life. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, our special guest on the podcast uh, is uh, Jim Burns. He is the president of Homeward, and he's an old uh, old buddy of mine. He speaks to thousands of people around the world every year. Uh, he's got his name on more than 2 million books and resources that have been published in more than 20 different languages. He's considered an expert on youth ministry, but these days he primarily writes and speaks on how couples can have strong marriages, and raise healthy, well-adjusted kids. Some of his most popular books are Confident Parenting, The Purity Code, Creating an Intimate Marriage, Doing Life with Your Adult Children, and uh, his latest book, which I just got a copy of not too long ago, it's titled Have Serious Fun. And uh, Jim and his wife, Kathy, definitely have serious fun where they live, which is in Dana Point, California. They've got three grown daughters, Christy, Rebecca, and Heidi, uh, two sons-in-law, Steve and Matt. Am I doing right so far, Jim? Yeah, you've got to add Andy because we just got another son-in-law. So we've another got three. son. So and Andy, yeah. two. So it's three sons-in-law. Yeah. And uh, well, you need to update date your website. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and and three grandchildren, right? Am I correct? Three, three grandchildren, grand, still three grandchildren. Three. James, Charlotte, and Huxley. Jim, welcome to Legacy Grandparenting. I can't believe you have three grandkids because you know when I first told you about the Legacy Coalition and everything, you had zero grandkids. Right. Well, now they're the highlight of my life. In fact, we've got two of them staying with us because of COVID. So I was actually having a little bit of a counseling conversation with somebody who was leaving his wife and my granddaughter, Charlotte, who was three, is on top of my head as I'm talking about really serious things and I can get no help. So I'm saying, so have you considered counseling or, you know, I'm going through all these things. And I thought if this person could see me right now with Charlotte on my head, 
um, not caring anything about the conversation and uh, and mean absolutely out of control with you know trying to get her to behave <laughs> beautiful i love it <laughs> well we're we're going to talk with you about about uh all that kind of serious stuff here in a minute but first uh, we're going to ask you 10 questions that we call our legacy grandparenting podcast poll <laughs> and uh you know it's it's a quick way to for us to get to know you a little better so are you ready i am ready okay uh first the best book you've ever read. What is it? Well, I know I'm supposed to say the Bible, but I would say <laughs> it's uh, Holiday Ideas for Youth, 1981 version by Wayne Rice, and then Hot Illustrations for Youth, more Hot Illustrations for Youth, and of course, still more Hot Illustrations for Youth, all by Wayne Rice. I think it was all in the 1980s, but maybe it was 1990. Um, okay. But truthfully, I actually would say the Bible, because in 1983... I made a commitment to the Lord to read through the Bible every year, and I've done that. I mean, you know, today I'm on that day. So, you know, I haven't always been on that day. Um, but that's really be, been important for me. A kid who wasn't raised in the in the church, mm-hmm. a kid who, you know, was didn't grow up with Sunday school, I had to learn all that stuff. I, when I went to Christian college, I was still calling Job Job and Paul Sims. <laughs> I mean, I honestly didn't know. And so that has been, and, and I have to add Soul Keeping by John Ortberg this year. It was like asking a qu- guy a question about, his his kids That's my heavens right. you know who's your favorite but today right and it's been a, for a couple of years it's been ortberg's soul keeping i love that book hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to get that one soul keeping well, you you don't have to get the other ones that i mentioned because you already have those i would imagine <laughs> the holiday I, ideas for youth especially That's i don't very, think wayne very funny wayne, wayne do you have a bible <laughs> <laughs> come on john play nice hey i was using my ipad preaching and a woman came up to me at a baptist church uh somewhere where i was and she said you don't use a bible and i said well actually it's the word of god though you only show you and she goes nope you need a bible so (laughs) i felt pretty bad that paper didn't accept she did not accept my ipad scripture (laughs) well you know i i purposely in the question um did not put in there a uh Besides the Bible, you know, what's yeah. the best book you've ever read? Right. Just in case, you know, so yeah. you're, you're allowed. And you're that. the that's, first that's one that has chosen the Bible. You really? are the most <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> most spiritual. Well, thank you. Since you're the spiritual leader of Legacy Coalition, all things spiritual. Oh, I know it's not Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the next question. A day in your life that you would like to live over again, good or bad? You know, I mean, maybe. Oh, this is good. Uh, my honeymoon. And all the rest about the honeymoon is none of your business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I've been married to Kathy 47 years. You know, there are other great days, but uh, that was the smartest move I ever made. And it wasn't just about the honeymoon. It was about marrying a woman like Kathy um, and not us not having any idea what we we're doing. And, you know, today she is not only an amazing mom, but she wants to be a full-time grandma. And that's exactly what she's doing. She watches two of our kids. We're going away tomorrow with our youngest daughter and their uh, and her husband and their son Huxley. And uh, you know, I can't even get her to go on a trip with me because she wants to hang out with the grandkids. And uh, but anyway, I love that woman, and I and we did have a nice honeymoon. But that's none great. of your business. Well, we'll 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 ask you some more about some marriage stuff a little bit later. Uh, your favorite song when you were in high school. Uh, music group by brush arbor no 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 i'm kidding <laughs> brush arbor was the country music group of the year john oh, uh, man, 1974 no. wayne was in it you know the rice krispies um, <laughs> and rice krispies absolutely uh you and i both know have known him for a long time i would say wayne seriously anything by the beatles beach boys or simon and garfunkel isn't that funny um you introduced me to country music wayne and i actually kind of like country music now i don't oh wait i'm saying this to a lot of friends um but Beatle for me in high school is Beatles, Beach Boys, Simon and Garfunkel knew every song, and to this day I still know those songs. Yeah, I won't sing them for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, where do you get the best pizza? Um, well, you get it, I think, in Italy. But, you've traveled. You know, a, you've traveled a lot. Yeah. So yeah, five times to Italy, and it's the best. It's unbelievable. New York, and then Parallel Pizza in Dana Point, California. I am totally a fanatic about this pizza place that. It's only open about three days a week because of the COVID mess. They're having trouble filling it. And it's just amazing pizza, parallel pizza, Dana Point. But hey, Par- Italy. Parallel pizza. Parallel pizza. You come to Dana Point, I'll take you guys to parallel. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, a hobby or outside interest that you that you are really passionate about? 
even people close to me don't know that I read about 25 novels a year. And um, that really surprises even people here in my office or, or others. Um, the other thing I've really begun over the la- last 15 years is my small group. I've been a small group for 20 years and we go fly fishing every year and I love it. And because I'm lousy at it, the guide is the comes to me and helps me. And then I end up catching the be- biggest fish and the best fish. And I still hardly know the difference between a rod and a reel. But I love fly fishing. Where do love you it, go? Love it, love it. Where do you go? Uh, we're going this year to Montana. Last time it was Montana. Sometimes we go to Idaho. We've been to really great places. And uh, never I've never fly fished in California, interesting enough, even though I live in California. But my friends, the small group that I go with, they are fanatics about this thing. And so we, um, we, we talk about it all year. And uh, this year, we're going in July, but we have had this trip planned for most of a year. Okay. Next question. Somebody who had a big influence on you. Yeah. Now, this is serious, Wayne. And, and you know, I've talked about this before. You probably heard me say it. But, you know, I was 25 years old and you believed in me. I was a youth pastor and I get a call from you and uh, your cohort in crime named Mike Iaconelli. And I ended up speaking at a National Youth Workers Convention. I was invited to come onto a team that, honestly, I would say is one of the greatest experiences of my life being with you all. And uh, you don't, you know, I mean, people don't realize what it's like to have someone who was a hero and a mentor like you and Mike believe in them, you know, when I didn't know what I was doing. So honestly, you're up there, but also Nini, who's my grandma. Um, and, and funny enough, she was about four foot 11 by four foot 11, but she taught me how to have serious fun. This is a lady. She could cuss like a sailor. And I've never heard a sailor <laughs> cuss, but I'm sure they must do it. She worked in a shipyard and this was an amazing woman who, uh, every time I saw her, she, uh, you know, showed us fun. And, uh, I now look back and she, we called her the party time grandma of the two. And, uh, <laughs> And my mom became the party time grandma, and I am trying to be the party time grandpa. It's honestly one of the most important parts of my life. I want to f- imitate Nini. Amazing. You may have already mentioned this, but uh, one of the questions is, how did you meet your wife? Yeah. Well, Kathy. it was the first day of freshman orientation at Zeus Pacific. I was in the nerd section. She was second row, and I said to my two new nerd friends, see that girl down there? I'm going to take her out on a date. You know what they did? They laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they looked at her beauty and they looked at me and they just laughed. Um, but one week after college graduation, we got married. And, uh, you know, it hasn't always been easy. We write on marriage and speak together even sometimes on marriage. But the truth of the matter is we say we have a high maintenance marriage. We still do today. But uh, I am so deeply grateful for that um, young woman who was willing to take a chance with me freshman year of Zeus Pacific. There you go. <laughs> so how many years? 47. Yeah, 47. Yeah, that's good. How many years with you and Marcy? <laughs> Fifty-six, same as the Super Bowl. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> we're we're fifty-four. Yeah. Fifty-four, John. Man, you guys are yeah. old. I, I'm, I'm not old. You guys are old. I'm just a young whippersnapper. Uh, what do your grandkids call you, or you know, are have they come yeah. up with a name for? Oh for, yeah, for, yeah. For, Papa Jay. Papa. And Jay. I came to pick up James. You know, and he's named after me, and he is unbelievable. And I pick, he's in kindergarten now. And so I came to pick him up a couple days ago and uh, he, he, it's kind of cool. You know, they, they, the teacher comes out and they raise their hand. They say, okay, that's who picks you up and whatnot. And he just yells, it's Papa Jay. And then he just <laughs> runs and she's like, ah, uh. but you know, I, she, he didn't see that I had sunglasses on, but I had tears in my eyes. You know, yeah. I, I, I love the name. Um, and I just, honestly, it's, it's the what, high point of my life. Abby. What do the kids call Kathy? They call her Grandma Kathy. And Kathy, I think Kathy wants something more like, you know, Mimi. different. But it was, yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, but uh, James, start, who's our oldest, started calling her Grandma Kathy. He has a Grandma Annie as well. And uh, so it is stuck. So I think she's Grandma Kathy. And, uh, you know, the the youngest one, you know, uh, looked at her one day and could can't say Grandma Kathy and just said poo poo, <laughs> and so of course oh, that's she's married to me. I'm just telling you. So I said, hey poo poo, I just I just love you so much, you know. But anyway, it, that won't stick. I just think he was it was his new word for the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anything left on your uh, bucket list? Uh, yeah, um, you know what I have? I've got a a dream on list. Kathy and I uh, we have a book 
or I have a book coming out in, in May called uh, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. And I talk about how do you keep, you know, keep doing these bucket lists, dream on lists. So I've got it. But you know what? If I died today, I am a most blessed person. I mean, I I really am. I mean, you know, I can complain if we had an hour, we can talk about the complaints too. But, you know, yeah, there's a dream on, but it's not as much the travel anymore. It's the meaningful. I'm thinking about legacy. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at Legacy Coalition and, you know, my dream is for James to love Jesus and for Charlotte to love Jesus. And, you know, it, it was her birthday yesterday. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and again, we have a COVID situation. So they're at our house. And so I, it was me, Kathy was leading a Bible study. So I'm at, we're having a birthday dinner, so to speak. And, um, and I said, well, let me pray for you. And Charlotte says, my turn to pray. And I, I honestly, I mean, you know, at four years old, I mean, and her prayers are goofy. I mean, let's just be honest, but I want those kids. That's a part of the legacy. And if they, uh, if they learn to walk with God and they'll have to decide in their own time what they're going to do with that. But that's on my dream. That's my dream. That's more my dream list than, you know, I mean, Hey, I've been to Greece and I love Greece, but I'll want to go back to Greece. But to be honest, I really want my grandkids to, uh, to, to love the Lord like, Kathy and I love the Lord and, uh, you know, it's not always easy as you know. (laughs) Well, you're, you're making it rough on uh, some of our previous guests who've, you know, want to ride a bull and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I tried that fake bull thing one time. We actually uh, do a lot with the Marines here in, in California. I mean, in our church. And so they have this bull riding thing. And so before the Marines came, I said, Hey, can I get on that? And our pastor smiles and goes, yeah. And I went flying. And I go, I got off and I went, I think I my back will hurt for the rest of my life. So it's, okay, your last, pastor stronger than me because last, writing is last question here, a favorite Bible verse. Hmm, hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I pretty much say it every day. Uh, it's Psalm 118.24 and it says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And that to me, that's acknowledging I'm going to in the morning before I get up, I did it today. It was 545 and I was still in bed and that's what I prayed. I mean, and it's a prayer for me. You know, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to acknowledge that God made today and I'm going to choose to be a person who rejoices and be glad in it. And, you know, I, I think joy is a choice and it's an inside job. And part of that is acknowledging God's presence in your life. And so, yeah, I got things to complain about, but man, I've got a lot of things to be rejoicing about too. One of them being that God made today and he made me. And so, you know, I love that verse. Yeah, I, yeah. I just love that. It's honestly the verse, like the Jews will, you know, will say the Shema every day, you know, um, you know, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, etc. That's, this is my mantra, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so I guess it is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like a lot of, there's a lot of verses that are meaningful to me, but this is the one I say the most. I'll tell you that much. That's good. I Very love it. good. Thanks, Jim. We now know you deeply because <laughs> you've taken the uh, Legacy Grandparenting Podcast. Wow. I'm, yeah. yeah. And I, don't, I bet you none of the other people who took this said holiday ideas for youth. I just want to, I still am excited about being able to remember that book. <laughs> oh, okay, Jim, let's... Uh, Let's shift gears here. Uh, your latest book, uh, which you were kind enough to send me a copy of uh, uh, a while back, is titled uh, Have Serious Fun and 12 Other Principles to Make Each Day Count. And uh, you mentioned to me uh, when the book came out that this was your legacy book. And yeah. uh, what do you mean by that? I mean, how- yeah, well, I didn't I didn't know, Wayne, it was until I started telling people about it and they they would go, well, is this your legacy book? And I went to quote Monty Python. I'm not dead yet, you know, <laughs> but it dawned on me that what had happened for me was uh, many years ago. Now, I came down with cancer. The doctor said, come home, come into my office, bring your wife. That was not going to be good news. And I ended up being at the uh, at the City of Hope. And the night before, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, what principles have I led my life by? And remember, I'm that kid who didn't wasn't raised in the church, so I didn't have, you know, I had to come up with these principles that I could pass on to my kids. Never thought I would speak on it. Never thought I would ever write on it. And uh, so I wrote them down. And so there are 13 principles. I wrote all of them there along with the scripture in Matthew at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 24 and following 
where it talks about building your house on the rock or on the sand. And if you're going to build your house on the rock, rain storms are still going to come. And that's been our life. I, I mean, I was there during the cancer time, but I wrote those things down. And then a friend of ours, yours and mine, had me speak at a pastor's conference. And I spoke on some of these principles, not all of them. And uh, they stopped the conference and said, why don't we just take some Q&A and we're going to postpone some of the workshops for a minute because this seems to really be affecting. And I realized I had something that the same principles that I was trying to figure out, these pastors were struggling with. Hmm. And so, you know, I started speaking on it more and uh, my publisher asked me to write on it. It's not what I usually write on. I mean, I write on uh, more of the values of Homeward. You, You know, you mentioned strong marriages, confident parents, empowered kids, healthy leaders. This was a little different for me, but it's been a treasure. I've loved doing this. I've been speaking on it. And now I have have serious fun with your grandkids, have serious fun in marriage, have serious fun with your parents because parenting, because um, these principles kind of have permeated my life. And uh, it wasn't just about have serious fun, but it was the first one I wrote. And so they they thought that was a, you know, a good thing to do mm-hmm. is to, you know, start it with that. So some people think it's only on it's only on fun. It's actually not. It's on some pretty meaningful principles to me. Now, how do you define uh, serious fun? I, I remember yeah. in, in our youth special these days, we we used to uh, talk about serious fun as being, you you know, you have fun with kids and then hit them with the gospel, yeah. you know, yeah. and that, that would make, yeah. make it serious. Right. But, uh, yeah. but that's not what you're talking well, about here. This kind of comes out of my PhD. I, I was studying traits of a healthy family. And one of the traits of a healthy family was the trait that, was the trait of play, actually. They didn't use the word fun, but it was a trait of play. And I saw it everywhere, mainly in secular. You know, my PhD was at a secular university in uh, in England. And I, the, when I did the research, they just kept talking about play. And, and what I realized was that fun, play, laughter, sure, you have fun and then you hit them with the gospel back in the youth ministry days, but it's so much more. You know, play and fun connects you. So, you know, if you are with your your kids and your grandkids sitting around the Christmas table and you go, let's look back at the year. Nobody's going to say it was a long zoom meeting or, you know, some kind of tense conversation. They're going to talk about the fun that they had together, even with family. So what I found was that play and fun, you know, builds traditions. It builds people together. It opens up a closed spirit. One of the phrases that I'm doing a refreshing your marriage conference that Homer does next week. And I'm going to say, you know, connection doesn't come just from having a serious conversation. Sometimes connection comes from play. So Kathy and I get our connections when we're paddleboarding. We like to paddleboard when we're walking our dog around the harbor at Dana Point, when we're having fun food, when we're laughing. We then connect. But to sit at the kitchen table and talk about the bills or talk about our mother-in-laws or whatever, that doesn't connect us always. So what I realized was that this was a really powerful um, experience for me. And I just found that you know, if I, I had to be more intentional about having fun and, you know, John talked at the very beginning of this podcast about Billy Graham regretting, not getting to know his, his grandkids as well. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. I want to, I'm by golly, I'm going to be the most fun, you know, grandparent I can be because I want these kids to come. And I mean, they may not know anything else, but they're going to think that this grandpa is willing to play with them and, and get on the ground and, and, you know, just, um, have a good time. And, you know, yesterday, last night I was playing with a train. I mean, I didn't even have a train when I was growing up. I was a sports guy and I'm playing with a train and, um, you know, it was wonderful mm-hmm. and it was goofy. And, you know, he's well, I, James is who's staying with us right now. He's, you know, he's a kindergartner. So he has kindergarten humor. So he's, you know, burping and doing other things. And he just thinks that's hilarious. And I'm like trying to figure out where as a grandpa, do I actually become an adult and where do I just kind of like join in with him? But I want to be that fun person. And I, I want people to feel free that they can be fun. You know, we should be the most fun. Christians should be the most fun. Yeah. We are saved by grace. We yeah. should be the most fun. And what are we doing as grandparents getting all serious over everything when we need to be the ones who you know, I had one grandma, like I said, who was the fun grandma. And then I had a grandma who, I, again, I loved her, but she gave socks and underwear for Christmas. Well, she should have slipped in a, a toy, you know, or, or whatever. No offense to the socks and underwear. I probably needed it. My mom was probably thrilled that I got socks and underwear. Man, I was drawn to the one who was fun. Yeah. You know, the the pictures of Jesus, The one of my favorite is right there of, of Jesus uh, smiling. Yeah. 
love that smiling and yeah you know many of us grew up without him smiling we saw a stern demanding judgmental and yeah there are the standards but jesus must have enjoyed his time with the disciples and little kids would not have flocked to him if no i agree agree with you there was probably some things where they didn't short sheet beds in the time of jesus but my guess is maybe jesus even had some of those fun moments you know practical jokes enjoying you know uh, we have a friend Wayne and I have a friend who used to talk about maybe at the at the Sea of Galilee them having mud fights you know with each other you know we don't know that but but at the same time I I think he was more that laughing Jesus than he is you know the the stern serious Jesus well yeah. we we're drawn to people like that yeah. I want to and again I don't think you have to be outgoing I don't think you have to tell a good joke I just think you have to be able to, like for me sometimes fun is reading that novel I mean that is fun for me so yeah. do what's what's fun have, be serious about it, and I think uh, it it opens it's it really opens up the closed spirit that somebody might have. Early early in our ministry, uh, when we were trying to figure out how to do this work, and it was so heavy, friends shared with me that ministry is such serious business that if you take yeah. it too seriously, it could kill you. <laughs> and that balance of enjoying our Lord, serving Him with gladness. Coming into his presence with singing. I mean, that that's grace. That's grace. No, you're, you're right. And I, I think we do have to be in touch with grace, the grace of God, and accept it. Because I think a lot of Christians can talk grace and even talk forgiveness, but they don't live like they are, you know, that way. And, you know, even when adult kids are, are violating your values or they're straying from faith, is what's going to bring them back being angry and mean at them? Mm-hmm. Or do we not be one-topic parents, and do we broaden it a bit so that they can, when they crash, and they probably will if they're doing some silly stuff, they'll come back to us as opposed to running from us. And I think part of that is is the family that has fun together. I mean, our, our family, we started doing something in the last years where once a, a year our family gets together. And if I said to our kids, hey, we're going to get together and have a prayer meeting, they'd go, yeah, I'm busy that day. I mean, and again, they they love God, but they're not. But when I say, hey, do you guys want to go to the mountains for three days? Guess what? They all sign up. You know, when I said to Heidi, my youngest, mom and I are going to be in Palm Desert. Do you want to come with us? We'll pay for the room. She was like, let me think about it. Yes, we're coming. <laughs> and and by the way, one night, can you can you take Huxley so Matt and I can have a date? And I'm thinking, wait, I'm paying for this. And I thought Kathy and I were going to do this. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, I'm thrilled to do that. So that's, we've got to be people who are, who lean into fun. Because I don't think we, we are those people. I tell a story in the book about my daughter, Heidi, telling, she was babysitting somebody who had been in my youth group when I was a youth pastor. And they said, oh, your dad was just so fun and funny. And she goes, you were fun and funny. (laughs) It was just a, it was a question like, seriously, I don't, I don't see you that fun and funny. And, um, it, it made me realize that, you know, I needed to have a little more fun with that girl. Yeah. Jim, as I look at the all the chapters and as I read through uh, uh, your book, you know, the whole idea, you know, legacy then really started to make sense to me because yeah. I've quoted you, you know, numerous times over the years, you know, just things where, you know, as Jim Burns would say. Yeah. And I just uh, say, as I would say, but I'm quoting you because it's your stuff. No, it's, but you know, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard you say that so many times and I, yeah. I, and I know that, that you've lived that out in your life, not the, the busy part, but, but, um, uh, being very disciplined about that, uh, practice thank therapy, I've heard you say that so many times and I've uh, quoted you uh, the, the, your whole idea of, uh, you know, parenting with awe and yeah. uh, communicating with awe, you know, the yeah. AWE, which is an acronym. Yeah. Talk about that a yeah. little bit. The, the whole. Okay. Well, in fact, it's funny. I could show you it. I have a little stick and note. It's pretty yellow right now, but it says, ah, a period W period E period. And I was trying to figure out how do I communicate with mainly I was thinking about Kathy and my kids, but then it kind of went with anybody. But I put a, what kids, what we need to communicate. We always talk about all the conflict stuff and, and I'm, I'm speaking on that next week, but affection, warmth, and encouragement. And I think that families that have plenty of affection and it's easier when your kids are littler, 
So lots of easy, real easy to get affection from the grandkids, um, our kids who are younger. Um, affection, warmth, and t- warmth is a, is a tone. And I want to set the tone uh, with my wife. I want to set the tone with my kids. I want to set the tone even in, in the office uh, here. You know, setting an atmosphere of warmth, welcoming. My mom was like that. You know, my, my dad was an alcoholic, and he was a functioning alcoholic, so he wasn't the ho- world's ho- most horrible person. But he wasn't warm. Mom was the kind of person that somebody would knock on the door. Is Jim here? No, he's playing basketball down at the gym. Oh, can I just come in and hang out with you? Well, I want to be that person. And I think warmth draws you, you know, and to be warm is, is a, it's a, it's a discipline, Wayne, because there's, you can always be, I could be mad at Kathy 24 seven. She could definitely be mad at me 24 seven. And the same with my kids, especially when they're teenagers. So how do I still create warmth in the midst of that yet, you know, still think through some of the, the issues and then, and then encouragement. You know, Jesus is our model for that. He looked at a man named Simon and said, your name's no longer Simon. Your name is Peter. I mean, the rock. I mean, in Greek, it's the rock, Cephas, Aramaic, it's stone. I mean, Jesus nicknamed him Rocky. (laughs) Okay. Well, there wasn't anybody named Rock there, but Jesus named him that. And it was because he, and he was affirming him. He was believing in him. So I, I strongly believe in those three words not as the only words, because there are times when you have to have conflict. There's times when you have to have discipline. There's all kinds of other things. But for me, what if I could set a tone around most of the people? And again, my affection to Kathy is going to be on a different level than my affection to, you know, Steve over here. Um, it's just going to be. Hmm. But you can still show affection, you know. Um, and affection isn't just saying I love you and, you know, big you know, when I was 13, my dad gave me a lot of affection and he would give me a noogie on my head. Now I'm bald, of course. I look like, you know, a couple of other guys I can see. And, um, you know, that was his way of saying, I love you. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's just other ways to do that. So to me, it, it, it's being proactive about that. Now, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to live a Pollyanna life and never deal with our issues because pain comes. But what I'm saying is, one of the principles here is if you live your life with as much affection, warmth, and encouragement as you can with, and you mentioned other ones, um, if, you know, being thankful, uh, being grateful. I mean, these are all, this is coming out of the scriptures. This is scriptural stuff. See, if, if you do that, you're going to have a more fulfilled life. And, you know, you, you talked about if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. I think it's one of the biggest problems in America. You know, I think kids are making poor choices, and I think sometimes marriages are breaking up, not because they don't love each other anymore, but because they're so busy that they they don't have time for each other. So what happens is is we just give our families our emotional scraps. And, and you know, I'll be – I'm not going to give anybody in my office or in my work my emotional scraps. And then I come home, and I'm horrible. Because I didn't have any, I don't have anything else to give. So what I've learned over the years is that I need to save some of that for Kathy. I need to save some of that for my kids. And the only way to do it is, is literally, I mean, I work hard, but to also have some margin in, in your life. You know, I was speaking at the Promise Keepers Pastors Conference years ago. It was at Diamondback Stadium. And I was sitting backstage right before I was going to come on with Wayne, uh, Jack Hayford. And I love Pastor Jack. And I always say this to people. I said, Jack, what is the secret to your leadership success? Without a moment's hesitation, he said, I had to say no to good things to say yes to the most important things. And I said, Jack, what are those? You know, the band's playing. I'm getting ready to go. I'm totally now forgetting my notes. And he said, you know, Jim, it's my relationship with God. It's my relationship with my wife. He named his wife who he's just lost his wife recently. Uh, it's my kids. He names all my kids. And then he finds out one of our kids has the same name. And then he named every grandkid. And I went, wait, this guy is, I mean, this is a president of a, of a, of a college Bible college. He's the pastor at that point of a church. Um, he's speaking all over the world and he's telling me you have to say no to good things to say yes to the most important things. And when I said what the most important things are, he didn't give me a secret to success. He just simply gave me the secret to a to the right kind of life, do the right thing. And he's, and he was doing it. And I, I'll never forget that. That was really helpful to me. And on so many levels, busyness, um, priorities, you know, so many things. I'm, I'm so grateful for Jack's comment, which I have failed miserably many times, <laughs> but he probably did too. That's good. One of your chapters is 
find replenishing relationships. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How can well, we do that? When you get to be uh, one, one of the things that I've found as I've gotten older, um, yeah. and, and I, I can't say oldest yet, you know, cause I've, you know, like you say, I'm not dead yet, but, uh, but as you get older, it's harder to find replenishing yeah. relationships. I think, what, I, I think it is. You got to be more proactive about it. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I, uh, go, I'm in a small group and that small group of men, all five of us, we meet every Tuesday, seven to eight thirty, And, uh, we have some serious fun. Like we were talking about fishing. Cause then I do go fishing with them, but we also open up word, God's word. We pray together. We, we replenish each other in many ways. Um, but I also try to be more proactive these days with people like I, you know, there's, again, I keep bringing you up, but you know, I love when you and I go meet at, well, you know, they got rid of that split peep place that we used to go to in Carlsbad. So now it's Miguel's. I love those times. And what's amazing is sometimes you can, you have friends um, that you just come right back to, you know, and that's replenishing. And so I leave my time with you and it's might be one or two times a year. And I leave my time with you and I go, oh, life is good. The, the world is at peace. Well, we talked about people in our families who are ill, people who aren't walking with the Lord. We've talked about people who, who were sad to know aren't doing well or, you know, all kinds of things, but yet being with somebody that you know and love and trust. And so I think the mistake we make is that we go to our church and we sit in a pew and we think all of these other people don't have as many problems as we have and they don't lead into relationships. So I say you find relationships close by, like my small group, but I think you, and not that I have this all together, but I also think you find relationships that from afar you stick with them people you know you and i have you and i have mutual friends that when i'm with them man the world is in a good place because they were replenishing relationships um and uh i i, I really believe that we have to lean into that it's the friendship factor kathy i talk about it in the book kathy lost her best friend to pancreatic cancer many years ago now they could finish each other's sentences kathy was on the bed reading psalm 23 when she died etc and, you know, Kathy still has a hole in her heart from that. But it was, you know, we used to say, her husband and I used to say, I think they like each other better than us, you know, kind of a thing. Because they would just, boom, be connected. But what a gift she had, you know, to, and, but they worked on it. I mean, man, they called, they talked on the phone. They, they were those, re, you know, you just don't, you don't have many of them. But you've got to find them. And um, the beauty of, of Zoom, um, this crazy thing called a telephone, you know, you can, Today, we can do that. We can stay stay with people as well. That word uh, intentional keeps coming yeah. up. Keeps it? coming back. Over, over, yep. over and over. Proactive, intentional. You, you know, the great thing about this book, uh, Have Serious Fun, and we're not just trying to plug your book here, but, but you know, what a gift to your, to your uh, you know, your kids and grandkids. Yeah. I think um, you've really outlined uh, yeah. the things that have been, have been yeah. important to you in your life. And that's, that's something that I think all grandparents should do is, is write it down. Yeah. As, as you know, I've told you about it. I, I wrote my life story. It came out a little I thicker, <laughs> a little thicker than, uh, yeah. than your, uh, have serious fun book. But, um, I really did it just because I want my kids, yeah. my grandkids to know, right. uh, in case they do have questions about it, what my, life is is about you know that it's yeah. all part of god's story right, right. and not it's not just my story well you know after i read your book that you gave mainly to your family but i was lucky enough to get when you charged me 50 bucks <laughs> but, no, kidding, you um, but i read that entire book and i i had to regret afterwards that i didn't have that interview with my dad and i can't tell you anything about my i had a grandpa who died when i was nine uh, nine months old of cirrhosis of the liver you know kind of have alcoholism in our family and then the other grandpa i didn't know and so today my brother and i who are now the oldest we don't we don't have the legacy of and some of these people we find out one you know one was a, a strong christian and we don't know that legacy and i regret that that i didn't do some kind of an interview or i wish they would have written something down so um, and you're, you're right. When I wrote Have Serious Fun, I honestly didn't care if it was going to ever be a best-selling book. And I didn't care if, um, I mean, I dedicated it to my three daughters and I love that they actually read the book and 
pretty much said, dad, we know all this because, you know, this is what you've been you know saying for a long time. But I look forward to the day when my James and Charlotte and Huxley will be able to read this book and go, you know, this guy's long gone. And, you know, he, he seemed to be that fun grandpa, but here's what he was about. So I don't think you have to write a book and then publish it and do all that. But I do think it's important for us to, to let, um, our kids and our grandkids know about who we are. I mean, even when I was reading your stuff, and I've always thought, Wayne, that I thought I knew so much about, you know, the history of, you know, Wayne Rice, but there were so many things I was learning. And um, and Kathy read the book first, by the way, because she was, she, you know, I just read it on the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But Kathy literally read this entire book, your book, first. And it's a big, thick book. And and what was interesting about it was she then would dialogue with me most days. I mean, I don't know if she was doing it like a devotional book or whatever, but most days until she got it done, she'd say, hey, I didn't know Wayne, you know, was a part of the Rice Krispies and that, you know, I, I, she goes, I forgot about his brothers. I mean, I know Mary Rice Hopkins, you know, you know, it was just these great conversations. So it was neat. Well, you know, what, what's, what caused me to, to want to do it is, is like you say, I, I can't, my dad died fairly early, which is in the book, but, um, but I never got to really find out about his early life. You know, I never really heard the stories that uh, he, certainly could tell about his growing up years, uh, how he met my mom and all those things. And, um, and just from his perspective, and I've always, I, I wished I had something like that. And so, yeah. So I thought that's really neat. It's really, I think everybody should do that. Really. It's a legacy. Isn't just a book. It's telling, it's telling the stories of family, even if they're not necessarily great stories. I mean, great stories, meaning, you know, that, you know, they all were assistants to Billy Graham because some, some weren't. Mm -hmm. One of the John, one of the privileges with with Wayne and I, and you can tell it's a pretty personal conversation, is, you know, we we traveled ten days in a row together a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, one day we were speaking in Memphis, and you know, Wayne has this uh, bluegrass, uh, you know, expertise, and um, he we drive to Nashville and we go to the Grand Ole Opry. My dad was so he finally was proud of me. He was never proud of me that I was in ministry that I'd written books that I went to Princeton none of this stuff he was proud when I had been to the Grand Old Opry and then he was just you know embarrassed that I didn't know who John uh Acuff was Roy Roy, Roy, Roy. Roy. His name right <laughs> two people who have been very disappointed in me Wade and my father about that, Roy Acuff but then he takes me to Clarksville Tennessee where he's got family and I learned so much because we're traveling together you know and that's some of the beauties um, we've done some traveling with some couples and it's been really fun and talk about re- going back to the replenishing relationships, but you know, you do learn a lot yeah. about that. Yeah. So. You know, a lot of people have caught on to this. It's a fairly new product called story worth where they just send you a question every week, you know, something that's bite size that you can yeah. start writing without being overwhelmed with where do I start? Right. Just start yeah. writing. Yeah, and I think really people cool. discover when they start to write, especially when they say, I, I don't have anything to say. Right. When they start to put the pen to the paper, the heart and the brain yeah. kind of connect and the memories start flowing and they don't know where to stop. So that's yeah. good. Good stuff. That's right. yeah. No, it's a, it's a neat thing. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, really good. Good stuff. You, you know, before we go, <clears throat> you wrote a book uh, a few years ago called uh, Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And, um, that's, that's something, of course, many grandparents have trouble with is, right. is just doing life with their adult children. What's been the response to that book and the, the topic in uh, it's general? It's the best book I've ever written, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shocked, you know, because I've written on purity and things like that when, you know, it's, you mentioned it at the beginning. I mean, it's been published all over the world and on and on. This book continues to be, I think today it's number four in Christian family, because somebody told me that it's not like I'm looking on it on Amazon, but it just hasn't slowed down because I think it's a, it's a, it's a felt need. And I did, I wrote doing life with your adult children. And then it says, keep your mouth shut and the welcome that out, which pretty much is, you don't need the book now. That's what you do. Um, but, but the, I wrote it out of desperation for what Kathy and I were going through because our kid, we launched our kids and they all, you know, I mean, they were raised in the church. They went to a Christian school. Um, we prayed together, we did family devotions, all the things that, you know, we all are teaching people to do. And then, you know, Christy 
at Point Loma Nazarene University writes, I had to disown my parents' faith to own my own faith. Well, now we go to the same church, but she went through some times and we're like, what is going on? What did we do? Why did we should have never gone on that vacation? We should have, you know, been more prayerful or something. And so I wrote to parents who were kind of hurting, to be honest. And I think that's the difference is I read some other books on adult children. And it was like, you know, plant a garden together and, you know, eat chocolate or something. And this was much, and I'm not burning on any of those books. I actually learned a lot, <laughs> but I, I went for, I went, who am I going to write it to? And I go, I'm going to write it to Jim and Kathy Burns, who, who honestly had such a, we were in shock when our kids, when we launched our kids and they weren't as excited about Jesus as we were. And they were making some choices that we were, you know, not happy about. Now they're in their thirties and our kids have kind of bounced back. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a kinder, gentler season right now. Knock, I started knock on wood here. Um, But you know, doing life with your adult children hit a core and it continues to, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, there's never a day that goes by today. I I did a podcast this morning for missionaries and these missionaries were in 89 countries. And what they wanted me to do it on was doing life with your adult children. Cause some of these missionaries were people who were, you know, like the guy who interviewed me, his 18 year old is leaving Africa uh, in a few months and coming to the States. And he's, nervous about it. I could tell most of his questions were about that, not, you know, just, the yeah. book. but it's just, um, it's, it really has hit something. And so I, I never wrote on doing life with your adult children. I wrote all these principles and, but I, I kept taking something on the empty nest and putting it aside. And I was, I had a chapter in there and then I pulled it out because I ended up writing a book on, which is not out yet, comes out in May on um, finding joy in the empty nest. And I wrote that book out of same thing, kind of desperation, but it's kind of a sequel. And what I find is that just at the time you're launching your kids, your parents are getting sick. You've maybe swept a lot of things under the mat on your own marriage. You're having to deal with kids who aren't, you know, who are violating your values. Um, And so I find that, that both the issue of the empty nest and adult children, I mean, nobody taught us how to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and our kids don't know how to become adults, you know? So we got a lot of kids who are failing to launch and you know, it's probably more information than you want, but man, I'm, I'm sold on talk. I would, if I could only talk about doing life with adult children, I would do it for the rest of my life. Cause I just, I think it's so helpful to people to kind of go, Oh, we, there are some answers. There are some principles. And Jim, I think, I think the greatest pain that a parent feels yeah. is for those grandchildren. I, I mean, for the children, and of course, I think the grandchildren are part of the road, perhaps back to healing and reconciliation. But I, I remember in one staff meeting, Pastor Chuck Swindoll came in and he was feeling heavy. And he says, you know, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Yeah. And a lot of our children are sad. A lot of our children are paying the price for some bad choices. And you're right. And I think we're to enter into that while still saying this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice yeah. and be right, right. in it. Yeah. No, you're you're hundred percent right. And uh I by the way, I had three boxes in my garage of Chuck Swindoll cassette tapes. And I, I couldn't throw them away because I li- I mean he was, you know, you worked with him, but you know, I listened to he was like a mentor to me who I hardly knew. And I honestly, I said to Kathy, what are, she goes, throw these away. They're, I go, I can't, I can't throw those things away. What so are you going to play them on? <laughs> I know. I don't even have a, I don't even have a CD player anymore. Hardly. They're Smithsonian now. <laughs> yeah. But, but amazing. Uh, you're right. He, you know, amazing things. And, you know, he was in touch with people's, is, I shouldn't say was, he, he, yeah. he, he spoke yeah. to people's pain in a, in a great way. Yeah. But this is, it's the great, what I hear is grandparents who are saying, I can't even get to my grandkids on the faith issues because my kids have, you know, strayed. I think that's one of the biggest problems that they have. Yeah. Uh, and, and I it think is. for grandparents, it's also Wayne's, Wayne's uh, book, long distance grandparenting, because that's right. a tough, tough road. We, our daughter lives in, we have one daughter who lives in New York who just got married, but the truth is when she has kids, I'm just going to really struggle if she continues to live in New York because I can read Wayne's book and get some great ideas, but it's still going to just, you know, hurt me to the core. And I want to tell her right now, move home right now. It's ridiculous. And, and for some reason. But do I, it do it with awe. So, yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's great. Jim, 
thanks for doing this. This is uh, my pleasure. Anytime. It, I love it's, it's, it's what so Legacy Coalition does too. Yeah. I just, I just, I become a, a fan, a fanatic, and I tell people to, you know, to listen in on Monday nights at the webinars and, you know, go to the conferences. You know, I, I just think it's a great thing. I Speaking do. of our conference, uh, our 2022 Legacy Grandparenting Summit, uh, we're, we're uh, putting it together right now. And so far, our speakers include Jim Burns. He's going to be there. And uh, also Tim and Darcy Kimmel will be back. Uh, Miles McPherson is going to be uh, speaking. Awesome. He's a grandpa now. John Stone Street, Rob Reno, Michelle Anthony, Gordon McDonald, uh, Crawford Loretz. So it's it's going to be a wow. It's going to be a good conference, and we're still working on it. So yeah, there's wow, the, wow, wow. there's there's other uh, other speakers yet to be confirmed. So the date you've are, got some brand new, you've got some brand new grandparents too. Michelle Anthony's a brand new grandparent. She is, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's going to be in Jacksonville or at a simulcast location all over the all over the world, really. We're going to be in several foreign countries as awesome. well as all over the U.S. So details are going to be on our website, LegacyCoalition.com. And uh, folks can uh, go to uh, Homeward.com, and that's Homeward, W-O-R-D, not A-R-D, for uh, all of Jim's resources. And um, this has been great. Thanks so much, Jim. For being with my us. pleasure and and thanks wayne for what you do john thank you for what you do the the legacy that you two carry is is pretty incredible and i'm so grateful for people like larry fowler and the vision that that he has and everybody i just really appreciate the the team uh put together at, at legacy coalition too so blessings to y'all well that wraps up uh, legacy grandparenting the podcast of the legacy coalition until next time this is wayne rice and john cologne saying so long and praying that you have a great week of intentional Christian grandparenting.